Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Welcome to To Tell in Nuanes, Montana's only statewide sports talk show. Broadcast on 102.9 ESPN Radio for Western Montana and across the state on SWX Television. I like football! Now, sports talk from Montana for Montana. Live from the Kurtz Polaris Studio, here is Ryan Tutel and Coulter Nuanes. Hello, Montana. The AFC North, our favorite players, and the Missoula Paddleheads reveal their brand new jerseys. It is Two Tell Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television across the great state. Outstanding to be with you on this fantastic Friday afternoon. Hope you are having a wonderful day. Thanks for being here with us. Actually, for right now, with me, Coulter is the only person on earth I know that could be late to a show while having been in his office, not 30 feet away for the last hour, but such is the life of my dear friend and co-host of this show. Boys and girls, is going to be some fun today we're going to enjoy ourselves if you've been with us all week we have been picking Coulter and my uh, Coulter and myself have been picking our favorite NFL player by franchise going division by division all the way through the NFL we started on the east coast we kind of did that thing over there we start to work in a little bit closer to home and also I would say with some of the more stalwart franchises the AFC North. Okay, I know the Browns are there. I know the Bengals are there. But so are the Steelers and Ravens. And there are some great choices to get through. So we will pick some of those. You can also, uh, we also will talk a little bit about Riggs Johnston, uh, who is uh, finishing in the top 15 tournaments for the Sun Devils. So we'll talk about that a little bit. Top of the hour, looking forward to this. Matt Ellis, who is the uh, general manager of the Missoula Paddleheads, will join us. The Paddleheads 
just unveiled their brand new uniforms today. Uh, they are out and available. You can go check them out at GoPaddleheads.com. Coulter and I, if you're watching on television, are each wearing a jersey. Welcome, Coulter. Nice to see you. Are each wearing Paddleheads jerseys right now. Uh, there are five new jerseys that go with the, the five logos and consequently five hats. So there's a whole bunch of different combinations, but they're very cool. I think, uh, once again, a, a ton of thought uh, and preparation going into the jerseys as well as you know, obviously into the logos, which did win the MILB new logo of the year. So we will talk with him about that and kind of all the things that are going on. And, and additionally, of course, about the baseball season itself, if it's going to happen, when it's going to happen, how it's going to happen and all that kind of stuff. So we will cover a, a whole bunch of territory today and uh, also couple of updates for you. Yagi Selchuk, who went into the transfer portal from the University of Montana men's basketball team. He has transferred to Missouri Southern State. Okay, Missouri Southern State. We'll talk about that a little bit, uh, as well as what the Schwain girls are going to be doing on the Lady Grizz basketball team. Their father, obviously, the track coach. They were great athletes in both of those. Quick update there. So, you go. that is our show outlook today. If you would like to listen live, please feel free. Go to the website, 1029ESPN.com. You listen live all the time. Thanks to Opportunity Bank, your local bank, your opportunity and all guests when they join us do so via the Rangich Brothers RV phone line. Now the thing that I'm most interested in today is that Coulter Tommy tells me that he is going to uh that this is going to be what did you say Tommy the most uh uh, uh outside the lines out off the rails show of the year? We are going to define the new boundaries of sports talk radio of everything. <laughs> Forget about Shania Twain for 20 minutes. No, yesterday. no, no. That was that was baby stuff yesterday with Shania Twain. We've got some business to go over, and let me tell you something. There's no such thing today as, you know, going all over the map. That's right. We're making a new map today, so you better gear up. I like it. I love everything about this. I love what you said. We're gonna just start doing it, and then we'll wait for your, uh, you know, influence, which is always welcome, Tommy. Uh, Coulter. Hey, man. Hello. How are you doing? Everything Great. okay? Did you Great. run into traffic walking over Great. here? What happened? <laughs> Is everything's all right? I mean, I don't know. Sometimes you just get summoned to the boss's office. Okay. And then all of a sudden, yeah, you know, yeah. it's a little ways down the hall. It is a little ways down the hall. Plus, no you know, I mean... You take four minutes to get through all this, anyways. I, I only took I'm not four allowed, minutes because I had to. You know, I'm not allowed to speak. Until people want to see you. People so. want to see you. All right, well, Coulter. You get to see me twice. I got to see me in my pal. Jersey. Got to see me with my boom, my coffee. Uh, it's great. Speaking of, it's a great opportunity. Every Friday, we like to do this around here. Our Florence Coffee Company coffee break. Oh yes, boys and girls, it's a Friday. You take it easy. Now, here's the thing. Normally, I'd send you to the Florence Coffee Company right now. Can't do that because they're not open right now. They're doing truncated hours again in relation to uh, uh, doing their part to slow the spread or uh, flatten the curve, as it were. But they're still open for business. You better believe it. So get into the Florence Coffee Company over the weekend this weekend. It's an Easter weekend. Treat yourself and uh, go ahead and get in there. Get some coffee. Get some tea. Uh, my children love to get the muffin tops, you know, the uh, pot, lemon poppy seed muffin tops. They're fighting over that in the back. Anything I can do to get my children upset with one another over shared portions is what I'd like to do. Uh, and so uh, the Florence Coffee Company always hooking us up on a Friday. So we appreciate them very much. It's your Friday afternoon Florence Coffee Company coffee break. New hours, 6 a.m. to 2 p.m. The Florence Coffee Company kiosk. So make sure you get in there and get well the getting's good. The best coffee around all over 20 locations around Western Montana. Coulter, let's talk a little bit of 
football, shall we? Yesterday, uh, well, yesterday, oh, the last four days, we've done our favorite players by division. Yesterday, we did, what do we do? The AFC South, right? AFC South, you okay. got it. We stay in the American Football Conference, and we go to the AFC North. The AFC North is everything you think you know about the AFC North when you go through the players historically just becomes more true. It just becomes more true about what the AFC North is and how it's basically a two-horse race and sort of always has been. Let's start, though, Coulter, with the have-nots and that being the Cincinnati Bengals. Now, look, the Bengals played in a Super Bowl. The Bengals have, all these teams have had some great and fun and memorable players over the years, some outstanding players. I think particularly defensively, while there have been guys that maybe have been viewed as unsavory, there have been some unbelievable players that have trafficked through, you know, Cincinnati, Adam Pac-Man Jones, Vontez Perfect, of course, various other guys, Dequito Spikes uh, for, for many years, uh, getting it done in Cincinnati. Tell me, what, what, what you, go ahead, go ahead. Well, first of all, I, I don't know why. I, I, I don't know how to explain it. But the Cincinnati Bengals were an above-average franchise over the last 15 years. The Cincinnati Bengals made the playoffs eight times under Marvin Lewis. The Cincinnati Bengals won the division we are speaking of right now five times between 2005 and 2015. That's half of the times they won this division. Hmm. That, that you, and you say, you say, hmm, because you never thought of it. And no. why is that? Because they never won Because a they went game. one and done in the playoffs all eight times. And I knew about the eight playoff appearances and no wins. I, I, didn't, I had no idea that they, from what, 05 to 2015. Okay, so not the last five, five time years. Division but champion. they were five-time t- division champs. They against only finished East last in this division once. That's not surprising. It, it's not. But they also, even in the years they didn't make the playoffs, they have four 8-8 eight and eight records. So the Cincinnati Bengals, under Marvin Lewis from 2003 through 2018, were actually only truly bad twice. Yeah. But we think of them as just truly bad. Why? I think there's so many things that go into it. Well, there are a lot of things. I mean, one of the reasons is they're not in a market that gets in they're not on primetime television very often okay regardless of how good they are or aren't yep. you don't see a lot of Bengals games unless you are searching it out i mean they they're not there okay yep. so that's that's the first reason the second reason is they are sort of because they have been better than you think but also still middling i think that there's you know the bad teams sort of get a look you're like man are they? Are the Lions going to go zero and sixteen? Are the Browns going to win a game? Is you know what all like on down the line? There's a few franchises though that you just go, all right. I don't know. I don't really think about it. And maybe it's where we are. You know, there's certain. I think so. So much of it too, though, is just also the personalities associated with your franchise. I always wonder what would have happened to the Bengals under Marvin Lewis because I think Marvin Lewis is a way better coach than people give him credit for. I always wonder what would have happened if Carson Palmer wouldn't have blown out his knee that first year that they made the playoffs. I think it was the third year of Marvin Lewis. They had built the thing. I mean, they had Chad Ochocinco. They had TJ Hushmanzada. They had good, some good players. And then they had Carson Palmer, who still ended up being a very good player, but I thought could have been a really, really, really good player if he wouldn't have gotten hurt. And, I mean, he came back around. He remade himself with the Cardinals, and, and it was good there, too. But... He was definitely robbed of something because that was a really bad injury 
for, to, to be sure. But then I think that the one of the reasons why they've been so nondescript, especially in the second half of Marvin Lewis's tenure, is because they were just not thrilling. He's not that exciting of a coach. He, he, Andy Dalton is the least exciting good player in the league. Yeah, but here, I want to just go back, though, to Carson Palmer because you're right about that. I mean, Carson Palmer doesn't get hurt. He is on track to be an all-pro caliber quarterback and and was a very good, I mean, he's a Pro Bowl quarterback many years over over the course of time when it was all said and done. Turned out, you know, his, his career in full, you go, wow, that was a good career, but it could have been a very good or even great career. Here's the thing that we don't know. Mike Brown's the owner of the Bengals. I, I don't even portend to know the first thing about him or how he runs things. But I do know this. Their best player, and the guy who was fast-tracked, you know, who, who, who could have been one of the best players in the league, retired to not have to play there anymore. I mean, he effectively quit Carson Palmer. I mean, he's done in order to then get out and then, you know, unretire somewhere else. And, I mean, they, they, went, to, they went to war, these two sides. And... Yeah, but it's a, it's a great example of nepotism, right? The way the Bengals were run, and and I mean, the whole the family thing, and the the fact that well, sure, I mean, jobs that maybe weren't deserved were passed along to kids, and I don't know. I, I mean, mean and, and that's not uncommon, right? I was, no, in, it's not. In, but I think that there's there are there are certain franchises though, and some of it always has to do with location. But there's there's also just certain franchises that have reputations that players right. just don't want to play there. But and I think that this, I think Cincinnati is one. Of, they're not. They're not. Some of the worst ones, okay, they're not Washington, they're not Jacksonville, right? they're not even, you know, Cleveland, although maybe that's changed a little bit, but but they are certainly low on the list of, like, places that guys want to go, and part of it is about, you know, Cincinnati, Ohio, okay, that's fine, but I think a lot of it is about the organization, and I think that's why average to better than average has been the absolute ceiling for this team. Nonetheless, some good players playing for the Cincinnati Bengals. Who's your favorite Bengal of all time? Chad Ochocinco. <laughs> okay, love him. Not Chad Johnson, Chad Ochocinco, or do we? Are we taking all, the Both. whole meal deal? I'm taking the whole deal. I love him. Okay, he's hilarious. He is hilarious. I mean, he's a show. Him and TJ Hushmanzada, right? I mean, yep. they 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 put on a show for a long time together in Cincinnati, and were one. I mean, I, I don't. I can't sit here and tell you. Okay, well, circa 2006, who were all of the great, you know, wide receiver combos in the NFL, but those were. They were there. They were right there in the you know top five, perhaps the best uh, that you would ever find. So yeah, I'm I'm with you on this. Is Chad Johnson a Hall of Famer? Mm. I know I know what you're doing right here. I don't know, man. Um, I, I don't really either. It's it's a very I don't think so. I don't think so either. But he was a six time first team All Pro, over eleven thousand yards receiving, seven hundred sixty six catches, sixty seven touchdowns. Those are all historically pretty pretty favorable numbers, but. As we know, a lot of inflated stats for receivers over. And the, the other thing is, years. there is a logjam of wide receivers waiting to get into the hall, you know. And so, the numbers are one thing, but especially in the NFL, your position matters, right? And I think he's down the list, and there, there there's guys more deserving that are still not in. So I, I I don't know that he's there, but you know, at his best, he was as good as it got in the league. You know, uh, Chad Johnson, and then and then Chad Ochocinco after that. I, I guess the number one reason I asked that is because I think that Chad Johnson had a lot of peers that most people did not think were better than him that were better than him, but he was ever in the minds of America, he was better because of how visible he made himself, how much smack he talked. That's right. I mean, mean, the common fan who thinks, who thinks is better, Chad Johnson or Reggie Wayne? People don't, I I mean, mean, a lot of people don't know Reggie Wayne. Come on now. 
I mean, they, what's the most defining moment of Reggie Wayne's personality, his career? Like, well, yeah, he's, he's, he's. I don't even. I can't even the most think of defining part of Reggie Wayne is just catching every football ever thrown. Well, that's what I'm Peyton saying. Manning. But like, he doesn't. I can, I don't even know if I can recall what Reggie Wayne sounds like. Yeah, that's true. You know, but like, he's he, better he, than Chad Johnson. I agree. Yeah, I agree. But I think that if you were to play a man on the street, most people would say Chad Johnson. My favorite Bengal. You ready for this? I don't know. Dahani Jones. Dahani Jones is uh, way down the list of the best players to ever play for the Bengals. By the way, he played for four different teams. He was a sixth-round draft pick out of Michigan. Went to the Giants and was with the Eagles for a couple years, briefly for the Saints, but ended up with the Bengals for most of his career, finished his career in Cincinnati. He is, this is, you know, this is what matters to me more than the football stuff. One of my favorite people of all time. This is a guy who, after he was done playing, started his own reality TV show called The Honey Tackles the Globe, traveling around internationally on like the Travel Channel, doing all these sports. He's like a big biker, like 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 bicycles, like like rides mm-hmm. his bike a lot, rode bicycle legs in different events, different things like that. He also is on Adventure Capitalists on CNBC, does this whole thing, has his own line of high-end bow ties that he sells. If you ever see the Honey Jones, he's always wearing a bow tie. And uh, uh, you opened up a coffee shop, like a high-end coffee shop in an historic district in Cincinnati, you know, at the time that he was done. So this guy is like sort of an entrepreneur. He's a, a personality. He's also a guy who loves having these experiences. And also as a six-rounder is a 10-year NFL veteran who was a very, you know, solid player to play for that. You know, he's not like, I don't think he ever was in a Pro Bowl or anything like that. But this is a guy who was in the league starting at the position for a number of years on a number of different teams, but also is just so broad in his areas of interest and I found out about the Honey Jones as a player a little bit but really after he was done playing in all of the different stuff that he was into so I've kind of tracked him along the lines love the Honey Jones man love him that's a good one that's that's very fitting for you that's who's, right who's the best bangle of all time Anthony Munoz probably yeah yeah I mean it probably is Gino Atkins He's, I mean, I mean he's Gino not Atkins done. is an all-decade. Yeah. I mean, he was on the all-decade team. I, I he's think, the best offensive player that comes to mind for them, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I think probably Anthony Munoz is is the best, though. I mean, Anthony Munoz in the Hall. Chris Collinsworth? Was Collinsworth a Hall of Famer? He's close. Or is I, he a Hall of Famer? I don't think he's a Hall of Famer. I would also say I think the most memorable player for the Bengals is Chris Collinsworth because of everything that he's done in broadcast. By the way... I remember a lot of people being down on Collinsworth, like when he sat, you know, got in the booth. I just don't understand. It. Like, I love Chris Collinsworth, man. I, I, well, I mean, people find ways to hate on everything. I, this mean, day I age. guess, dude. But people he, hate LeBron James. What else do you need to know? I mean, come on. I, I, I hate a LeBron James for a while. Well, we won't go down that road. Well, I mean, I don't know. You know, he got to grow up and he did. And now I love him. So, okay, it's fine. Chris Collinsworth is as good as it gets in the booth, though. Color, he, who, he, who do people like? Because the only people, the only person I've ever heard the core public opinion say they like is Tony Romo. Romo. I think he's terrible. No, he ain't. He's not terrible. I think he's so annoying. We're not going to get into this because it's This is a all, reflection on Coulter Nuanez. I think that the reason people hate on Chris Collinsworth is a reflection of 
him and them. them as well. Yeah, I agree. I agree. All right, let's move on. We spent a lot of time on the Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah, well. What do you want to do? Cleveland? Cleveland Browns. Okay. Who's your favorite Brown, Colter? Uh, probably the guy who I think is probably the best player that most people don't know about. That's Joe Schobert, the middle linebacker mm. for the Cleveland Browns. People that don't know who that is, he's led the NFL in tackles throughout the last four years. He is unbelievably aggressive sideline to sideline linebacker. When you see him with his helmet off, you're like, huh, because he's just like this clean cut, nice looking boy from Wisconsin. And then yep. when you see him play, you're like, are you kidding me? This guy's crazy. Mm-hmm. It, he He's honestly, he stacked some numbers the last two, two previous years until these last two because they were just really bad. Yep. So he got a lot of inflated tackle games and stuff, but he... He runs and plays as hard as anybody in the league. I think a lot of people don't know about him, but I mean, he's an all, he's a pro bowler, he's an all pro guy, and he's got the production to show it for it. Uh, so I'm going to talk about this more when we do the AFC West. Uh, but my first ever NFL game was in Denver Monday night. Denver Broncos, John Elway, Cleveland Browns, Bernie Kosar, and those Browns who were really good. I mean, it, you know, late '80s. Early 90s, Cleveland Browns were one of the powers in the league with Eric Metcalf and uh, uh, Ernest Biner and so on. Obviously, Jim Brown is the greatest Brown certainly. of and all the time. Memorable, certainly. Yes. But my favorite Brown, and, uh, you know, whatever, maybe it's the easy choice, but it's jo- the other Joe, Joe Thomas. Joe Thomas is the best offensive lineman to ever play in Cleveland. He's one of the best of all time. He is after Jim Brown, arguably the next best Brown of all time, 11 seasons all in Cleveland. He uh, went to the Pro Bowl each of his first 10 years in the league out of Wisconsin, and he holds the league record, okay, as a lineman for the most consecutive snaps in league history. Now, they only started tracking the, 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 the snaps stat in 1999 so there's plenty of guys brett Favre and so on okay that you would that i'm sure have a bigger number but 10,363 consecutive snaps now we're talking about you never sub out i I mean there's a lot of positions it's just not possible right right? first of all brett Favre would not have that no because he got you know multiple times but even though he has the starts record right he ended up you know having to come out for a play here or there or even at the end of a game that you have in hand he goes out joe thomas if there was a game being played, he was playing in it. That's it. That's all for a decade at one of the most, if not the most physical position that you could have. So that to me is great. And then him just in general, I think he's like 48 and 153, something like that in his career. I mean, one in four games that they won over the course of time and to continue to show up and be that guy and be a consummate team guy and do your whole career in that place where they were, I think they had one winning season over the course of his entire tenure as a Brown, you know, I give it up to the man. And I, I, I and I like him on NFL Network, too. I think he's, oh, all of a sudden he's like supermodel, drops 50 pounds, he's wearing these nice tight jeans and looking like all great and stuff. So, Joe Thomas, shout out. I mean, it's it's a good one. He's, he's an awesome player. His legacy is so unique because he did stay with the team that drafted him. They were always bad. He never complained about it. But it's also a very rare professional athlete who knows exactly when to walk away. Mm-hmm. And he got hurt towards very bicep. rare. Even One even the Kobe Bryant's of the world play not at the peak of their powers. And Joe Thomas, I don't think ever played a, a snap without being one of the best tackles in the tackles in the NFL. And then he walks away. Do I you want to know that's your legacy? The last official thing that happened for him in Cleveland before he retired. 
some months before he retired. Tell me. Got a raise. Got a raise. And then, and then you know, said, nope, we're done here. Uh, let's go to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Two Tell Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, our favorite players by team, division by division in the NFL today, the AFC North. So far, Colter, we're now we're now crossing the halfway threshold with this. We've done the Giants, we've done the Cowboys. Uh, you know, we've done we've done some 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 pretty memorable and and notable franchises. There is not a, a, a team that is close to having the list of dudes that, oh. the, that the Pittsburgh Steelers got. And to bring it full circle with our Cincinnati Bengals conversation as well as when you're talking about national exposure, the Steelers have gotten more national exposure than arguably anybody in the league besides probably the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. And text from a viewer listener said same thing. They said, well, the reason you never think of Cincinnati is not because they've never been good or bad. It's because when you think of that division, you just think of the Steelers. And even when the Bengals, I mean, the Bengals won the division over the Steelers a couple times. And I mean, that was a fierce rivalry yeah. 10 years ago. I mean, still is obviously a divisional rivalry, but those teams were, I mean, that's who Carson Palmer hurt his knee against. It was the Steelers, the Kimo Van Olhoffen low hit. I mean, that one was one that lived in infamy for a long time and bad blood between those two teams. But I agree. I mean, the Steelers have had so many legendary guys and so many guys that the league has made into legends, too, because of just like the NFL film stuff. I mean, all yeah. those, the steel curtain defenses in the 70s and sure. the commercials and, I mean, me and Joe Green and all of it. But then... Up into the 90s and 2000s, too. I mean, Troy Polamalu, one of the biggest stars in the league. And they, they, you're right. They have so many guys to pick from. I, I got mine. Who's yours? Well, I got I, – I couldn't help myself. Yeah, I got double two. dipped? I did. Uh, I, I don't remember a player on defense that I loved, like that I would key in on more. What's he going to do now than Troy Polamalu? I mean, Troy is – is is a freak was given i don't know if any any guy has ever been given more autonomy which is to say complete autonomy than troy palomalu 10 guys set up this is the system we're going to run in troy you do whatever you think you should do just go wherever you see it and then just just chase and you know his superman stuff with the hair coming out the back where he's diving over the line or he's going after is just unbelievable so troy palomalu is there and then the the uh, the other guy to me that is, I don't know, I, I like him for a lot of reasons beyond that as well, James Harrison. Love James Harrison. James, Har- the, James Harrison is the only player in the history of the league to win Defensive Player of the Year who was undrafted. Undrafted out of Kent State. In fact, ended up at Pittsburgh, Went was there for like a couple of years, went to the World League in like 2003, mm-hmm. played for like the Euro Fire or some 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 team in Germany or whatever, was and then didn't make a roster after that and considered hanging it up in like 2003, 2004, and then played, oh, I don't know, another 15 seasons and is the most menacing and yet, for some reason, for me, completely likable guy. Oh, yeah. And, and also just the picture of... Strength, intimidation, and 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 probably well, not not I shouldn't say, without question, one of the most iconic plays in the history of the Super Bowl in his 
pick six for 99 yards against Arizona, which was absolutely the game-winning play that happened at the, the last play of the half. It it was it was the play of plays, and to see that guy sprinting the length of the field in the Super Bowl. By the way, I was in South Africa. It's about four in the morning. I'm sitting there just trying not to wake up the whole household as I'm you know yelling at my television. Unbelievable! I'll never ever forget it. Yeah, Greg Lloyd's my choice. I love Greg Lloyd. Uh, I mean, the way his career ended mm, was, Lloyd's good. was a bummer. Uh, and, I mean, because he was, he was a first-team all-pro guy, and then mm-hmm. he blew out his knee, and then he got a staff infection, and it was pretty much over. He only played one year after that. But at his peak, I mean, I think that him and Kevin Green, I mean, they were the heart and soul on that team that won the AFC, I think, twice in the 90s and the, played the Cowboys in the Super Bowl in 1995. Um I loved Kevin Green and Greg Lloyd on yeah. those teams. I thought those guys were awesome. But it's so interesting to me that the Steelers had this defined identity for decades, 40 years. And after um, the guy who was paralyzed, the inside linebacker, his name oh, is yeah. Ryan Shazier. When Shazier suffered that injury, they've gone away from defense. And I don't know what, if, if that's just a coincidence, but they they are have been more offensive Recently, I mean, particularly that's because they had Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown with Ben Roethlisberger and Juju Smith-Schuster, but... Yeah, I, I, I agree. I think they got back to that defense a little bit this last year. Yeah. And and I think they will continue to, but I, I think the Steelers... Here, I'll say it like this. Without, again, obviously, but in the last 20 years, the, 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 the di- defining organization in the NFL is the New England Patriots. But if you take the the NFL in its totality, the stalwart franchise over all of them to me is the Pittsburgh Steelers. I mean, you, you go to the 70s, you go to the 90s, you go to the aughts, you go to the, the present day. Whether they're winning Super Bowls, getting looks at Super they are almost always in contention. And they have just, I mean, again, three coaches in, in, in history, in yeah. the history of the whole team. I mean, it, it's impossible. The Browns have three coaches the last seven months. You know, I mean, it's, it's, <laughs> no so that's that's what it is. All right, the Ravens. I didn't look anything up. I didn't read anything. I didn't do any stat checking because it's not. There's not. It's it's Ray Lewis. That's it. It's Ray Lewis. It's Ray Lewis. That's it. That's and by the way, I mean it's Ed Reed would have been my favorite player on probably 28 other teams, but it's Ray Lewis. I mean, there's there's no guy that is just that gets you there on the emotional, inspirational, absolutely got to watch it level. And, you know, to walk off with a Super Bowl win on another stand, even though he was absolutely not at his peak when he finished playing, he still rode out with a ring. And by the way, the ring that they won, it was it 2000 or 2002, uh, was that's, that's one of the three, four best defenses in the history of the game right there. I mean, you're talking about, you know, the 85 bears, maybe that bucks defense and that, that Ravens defense was it was it was O V E R unbelievable. So I'm uh, very 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 much uh, in like with Ray Lewis. After thinking about this, I actually had a realization. The Ravens are my second favorite team in the NFL. Okay, there you go. Yeah, I'll that, tell my I, brother-in-law. I, I, after going through, I mean, I, Ray Lewis is obviously the choice. Yeah, he's unbe- he he's he's unbelievable. He is. But I, I also considered, I mean, so many guys came to mind. So many guys. Yeah. And I, all of them, like, all-time favorite players of mine. I, mean, I love Ed Reed. I love Terrell Suggs. That Dude, just, Axaw, 
all day, man. All the, day. It's it's and so much of it's because of the culture, right? The, yes. Because these guys play with such emotion. So they're not only are they just savages, but they're so entertaining. Right. Yeah, completely. I I, I am I am totally with you. Uh, you know, all the way across the board. We will see. Uh, who who was the Ravens GM? This is the one question mark I have because Ed DeCosta is now their g- general manager. But it fails me now who their general manager was now for the last 20 years. Uh, I think a Hall of Fame tight end in his own right as a player. But that is the one thing that's going to – that I'm still waiting to see because all of that was built at the sort of behest of one architect. And will they be able to keep that? I realize, you know, with, with uh, you know, Jim Harbaugh there – John Harbaugh, John Harbaugh there. Um, you know, that's a, certainly a steadying feature of this, but can they continue to do the personnel that they've that they've always done? I hope that they can. Sutel Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio. Take a quick break on the other side. Winning percentages, best, worst that you can find. Also, did you know that the NFL, they're going to start playing games on Nickelodeon? How about that? Next. ESPN Radio for Western Montana, KKVU HD3 Stevensville, and 102.9 FM on K275BS Missoula. At Blackfoot, we're experts at keeping businesses connected to customers and communities. During this time, we want to help share our expertise with your business. From advising on remote workforce systems to assessing internet connections, we're here to help deploy the solution you need to continue supporting your customers. How can we help your business? Call 866-541-5000 or visit goblackfoot.com slash remote workforce to learn more. Before I get to the lead there, it's a D2 school, about 5,000 students. I'm figuring out what this is. They're in the Mid-American Intercollegiate League. Missouri Southern State. Yes. It's a a day when you find a school that neither one of us has heard of. Right. I mean, we could probably name like 500 schools, and we found one that we didn't. So, How many many colleges are – and when I say colleges, I'm not talking about all the for-profit – yeah. Yes. Like, yeah, yeah. It's not even real. Yeah. I'm talking about like, but actual accredited schools in America. There's got to be. Well, so we did. Many th- I mean, we did the we did the sport thousand. We did the sports center on Tuesday about Darko Kelly, who's, uh, who's a little Sentinel product who plays at University of Providence in Great Falls. He's up for the small school basketball award. That's the non NCAA affiliated. So it's D two, D three, yeah, NAIA. And that said, there was about over 1,100 schools in those classifications. So that's the small schools, right? Yeah. And then you have 360, call it, Division One universities. So you're already to the close to 1,500 schools yeah. there. And then I'm sure there's some liberal arts schools all around that don't have any that affiliation are, are in, with no athletics, athletics at all, right? And you could even talk about, like, I mean, there's various, you know, my wife went to an art school in Philadelphia, for instance. Well, now like you're getting deep because then if you go into the two-year realm and all the junior colleges, right. and yeah, I mean, there's a lot of higher education in America. No doubt. Uh, all right. Very good. Thank you, Coulter. Uh, at Gus Tutel on Twitter, at 1029 ESPN, and at Skyline Sports MT. Uh, Coulter, dear friend Robert Chase from over there on the trail. By the way, Tommy's also on the trail, aren't you, Tommy? Yep. Good. <laughs> Thank you, Tommy. I am. Thank you, Tommy. Uh, drop this off. You know, Robert Chase. So, Robert Robert's uh, one of my good friends here at the uh, at the station. Uh, Hi, shout Chase. Out, shout out, listening. Robert Chase. Miss he's you. not. He is not listening. He is sleeping. sleeping. 
And since this this virus came up, I've seen him but one time because he's here early in the mornings. I'm you know staying at home. We're doing the staggered thing and the deal, and then I come. Yeah, I only seen him one time. So, but I got this uh, little uh, deal on here from my on my desk from him, uh, and I appreciated this. So now officially, we we talked about this before, but the new CBA that was ratified in the NFL. Uh, has increased the number of playoff teams by two and the number of playoff games by one. And so there will be 14 teams in the NFL playoffs, uh, and and there will be an additional game. CBS and NBC were revealed to be the networks that will be adding the extra game to their schedule, each of them paying $70 million for the rights to the one game that each of them are getting. It's amazing, the money. It's a lot. Seems like a lot. Um, but here is the added part that I found that this, that's interesting. As part of CBS's agreement to uh, air the extra NFL game, they will also produce a kid-themed, kid-child-themed version of the game that will air on Nickelodeon. So how does that work? Win? Well, I think it's the game, right? But I don't know so if they're going to So it's just a have... little bit delayed? I mean, how do they know? I mean, it's, it's mirroring what's actually happening in real life? Well... Let's read on. The youth <laughs> demographic is very important. There are plenty of young fans. We want to continue to bring the game to young fans. That's Brian Rolap, who's a NFL executive vice president. Uh, we expect it to what we expect it to be like. We're not sure yet. Here, here's my thing. You know, when they do the when ESPN has the rights, they have all the different networks: ESPN Two, News, You, and so on. So you can do like on the national championship games. They'll have the broadcast, right? Chris Fowler or Kirk Herbstreet. But then they'll have the coaches room where there's a bunch of coaches watching the game in real time, but they're kind of trying to analyze what's going on as they go. Then you have the like the fun buddies room or whatever, and it's Gronk and Bill Walton, and they're sitting around, right, right, you know, a right. keg and whatever Walton brought to the show, <laughs> and they're having their big talk about what, you know, the thing. And so th- my thinking is that the game would be on simultaneously like it's just the broadcast of the game but maybe they're going to have like green slime shot at the television from time to time obviously nickelodeon or disney like uh uh uh, hosts you know the kid hosts like like the justin timberlake and britney spears used to be they used to be these disney kids right and they bring them in here yeah Yeah, mickey mouse okay whatever you bring in the culture man yeah 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 yeah. well i know everything right (laughs) shania twain and uh, the the famous duet with mariah carey they did so now the they bring in the the mickey mouse club and they get in there and they do this now the thing that i'm i i don't know is like this I think kids are into sports, obviously. They're they're into it. But how many kids are sitting down? Here's what I want to know. If you're a parent with children, mm-hmm. which broadcast is going to be watched? The Nickelodeon or the, the, the CBS? CBS. Me? Of course. Of course. So now, are is there going to be enough kids that are like, well, I want to watch the Nickelodeon version. Well, they just okay, lock the kids in the basement. Do, but do they want to watch it, I guess, is my question. Uh, I don't know. You know, are, I guess that is depends on how much age, you hype it up. See, I think you have a very thin sort of demo. Like kids that are like seven, eight years old and younger, they're not gonna. I don't know. I don't care how you dress it up. They're not watching. They're not gonna sit by themselves and watch an NFL football game. Seems like to me, the 11, 12, 13 year olds absolutely will. So is that the level that you're trying to hit? Like, are you gonna go and get some of the 
the, the pop stars and artists to come in here and hype this thing up or whatever it is for the for, for those kids to make it interesting and different. The fact that the I NFL is on Nickelodeon is. is well, no, nobody does. I mean, he he just said it in here. Brian Rollup, NFL executive vice president. What we expect it to be like, we are not sure yet. They just know they want to get the kids, and the kids are at Nickelodeon, so that's where they're going to put football. Huh. I guess I'll be able to analyze this better when I actually comprehend what it is that they're doing. When I first heard this, I thought, okay, they're going to make a cartoon out of? But then I thought, how does that happen in real time or close to real time? How could you possibly animate something so quickly? You can't. So I'm just, I'm so confused. This isn't the first time that Nickelodeon has teamed up with the NFL. The league produced an animated series the last three seasons on the network known as the NFL Rush Zone. Former New England Patriots tight end Rob Gronkowski also hosted a video clip of the show back in 2016. So they've done something along those lines before. Right, but that's not in real time. That's what I don't understand. Like, I get if they did a rendition of the Super Bowl that was animated and played it the next day or whatever, but... No, it's real time. CBS and Nickelodeon's NFL playoff game will air Sunday, January 10th, 2021 at 4.40 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And NBC's will be on the same day of the the late game, the late window. Huh. I guess I'll just have to, uh, I guess I'll understand when I see it. Will you see it? Well, sure. I mean, Tommy, you going to watch the Nickelodeon version of the NFL game? It seems like, you know, maybe more intriguing to you. Not listening. <laughs> just, just back there. Just what? Why are you looking at when, me like that through the said, glass? When you said we're going to run the show off the rails today, I didn't know this is what you had in mind. I'm, not, I'm at a loss for what your point is. I know. That's exactly <laughs> what I'm saying. Would you prefer to watch a regular NFL football game, or would you re- prefer to watch a children's broadcast of the game Dude, on Nickelodeon? I don't know why you guys are hating on Nickelodeon. The programming is stellar and awesome. <laughs> I told you that's where it would go. I told you that's where it would go. It's 2 Tell Nuanas, 102.9 ESPN Radio. Riggs Johnston as well as uh, Hellgate on SVP. Is that real? That's Talk real. about it right after this. Carl Tyler Chevrolet, locally owned and operated since 1986, the Carl Tyler Auto Group. At Blackfoot, we're experts at keeping businesses connected to customers and communities. During this time, we want to help share our expertise with your business. From advising on remote workforce systems to assessing internet connections, we're here to help deploy the solution you need to continue supporting your customers. How can we help your business? Call 866-541-5000 or visit goblackfoot.com slash remote workforce to learn more. Nick, 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 Nickelodeon. Nick, 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 Nickelodeon. Sounding in the air tonight. Love Jamiroquai. Love Nickelodeon. Never you, did. You like Jamiroquai, huh? Love Jamiroquai, never liked Nickelodeon. Vice versa. Actually, if I'm if I'm truly honest in my heart, I just never liked either of them. Hmm. Did you say you don't like either of them? Bye. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. I just never could get the Jamiroquai thing. And uh, Nickelodeon, really, more than anything, I just never had it. We didn't have it mm. when I was at the age where it would have been appealing to me. Sure. And then after the fact, it was like growing up in the sticks, baby. Yeah. Uh, I love chopping firewood. It's Two Tell Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio. 
Good to be with you on a Friday afternoon. Hope you're well. Happy Easter weekend to everybody out there. Good Friday today, Easter on Sunday. I, very atypical, certainly Easter for a lot of people. I, My wife and I are, well, what are we doing? We're going to try and put together a nice dinner for us and the kids and kind of yeah. You know, do maybe have a, a multi-layered sort of uh, evening of, of uh, you know, around the table and stuff. So it'll be good. But I know this is not usually a huge. This is actually, it's it's obviously a major, you know, holiday and event in the United States. In Europe, it's, I mean, it's it's like a, a 4th of July level type of like, it's everybody's on holiday. You're going to shut down. You're going to go to get together on, on Easter. So this is uh, one of those certainly corporate, when I say corporate, a community collective, you know, getting together, uh, sort of days, getting corporately together, if that makes sense. Uh, and uh, and it's it's going to be very odd, man, this weekend to not have that on an Easter weekend. It is. It's going to be very strange. Yeah. I I don't even know what to think. I don't know what to do. But I guess we'll figure it out. A lot of people are in the same boat. I spent a little bit extra money on steaks, is what I did. I mm, know that's not that's a typical uh, deal, but I said we're going to eat. That's good. We're going to eat something nice and 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 uh, you know enjoy the day, remember the day. Tell people why I'm looking like a fool wearing this thing. Are you kidding? Me? <laughs> I'm just kidding. You look these, great. No, these jerseys are great. What I, I, I always you? I always just tease Ryan for wearing jerseys, and I always say I will never wear jerseys. Right. But I'm looking at my reflection here in the window and uh th- these jerseys are clean you look like cecil fielder that's what i said uh, prince fielder i saw him at limborg craig field when the osprey used to play there before oregon park really and i saw prince prince, prince fielder wow uh saw him you, you're familiar with limborg craig field sure. big sky guy saw him hit a ball over spurgeon well i mean i, would, I think it was one of like four games he played in the pioneer league he was moved up pretty quick yeah i would think so uh Coulter and I, if you're watching us on YouTube, watching us on SWX TV, the brand new Paddlehead jerseys out today. Coulter is wearing the pinstripe home, very classy, classic look. I am wearing alternate number one, a very Missoula-esque. It's not really tie-dye, but it is. it has the effect of tie-dye with the, uh, with the piece symbol here uh, over the heart and so this is the this is one of the alternate but the paddle is releasing their jerseys today uh their their brand new jerseys letting people see them and we will have matt ellis on top of the hour to talk us through all that so that's why yeah we're geared up today shout out to the paddleheads for bringing us down some swag you know what i'm saying like people making progress even in these weird times let's get into our prep extra segment it's brought to us by the farmer state bank farmer state bank your Montana Bank since 1907, also online. Great time to be online. FarmersEbank.com. Riggs Johnston from Libby, one of the absolute great golfers to ever traffic through the state of Montana. Four-time state champion. Uh, He is a golfer now in the Pac-12 for the Arizona State Sun Devils, notably the alma mater of one Phil Mickelson, if I uh, recall correctly. Uh, But he has finished his season with five individual top 15 performances in various tournaments throughout the course of the year and just wanted to point out an outstanding year uh, by Riggs. Some of the scores he was shooting in high school, he sat here and went, what's, what in the world I mean, as a junior, I mean, he went to the uh, U.S. and... I mean, as a junior, he shot 61 to win the state championship. Right. So, and, and it afterwards said that he was mad at himself for missing three putts that would have cost him breaking 60s. The yeah. The thing, the thing is... Uh, First of all, I don't. I just don't think people again, you know, even golfers really appreciate like the difference between playing. First of all, real tournament golf and just going out and golfing, and then also tournament golf course conditions, right? 
and you know your local muni or even your local nice course whatever whatever it is is just is just a different deal and also i think everybody can appreciate the difference between playing a golf course you basically haven't played before and your home course i mean it's completely but the point is is that we'll see you know kind of how he goes and all that but coulter last night a very cool thing on espn television i think a lot of people are aware at this point that scott van pelt has been doing senior night uh since this whole thing uh, uh kind of hit the COVID 19 and trying to highlight some of the kids who didn't get a shot to finish things off at the high school level college level uh throughout this uh, past season both specifically in the winter sports yeah so missoula hellgate and helena capital were both on the scott van pelt show last night as part of this senior night and uh, the hellgate boys obviously as we know shared the championship with billings skyview and the capital girls shared the championship with billings west but they were both really, really good teams, and I think yeah. they would have taken a pretty undefeated. Both undefeated, and they would have taken a Hellgate undefeated. I think actually Capital might have had a, a loss okay. or two. Uh, but either way, outstanding. I mean, as we know, Hellgate had uh, seven seniors, including Raleigh Wooster and Abe Johnson, who are both heading D one. Uh, Raleigh Wooster heading to Utah State. Abe Johnson heading to Army. Cam Lawrence, uh, the third scorer on that team. I think he's a college level guy too. I'll be interested to see where he goes. Uh, so that was a cool moment for them. Jeff Hayes said, it was a pretty surreal moment when we saw that group on TV. I'm really excited for our kids to get a little bit of that recognition. I'm happy for our kids to get some of that attention. So I know it's not full uh, solace for what they had to miss, but still pretty cool moment. Pretty cool to be on the Scott Van Absolutely. Show. I mean, I haven't made it onto SVP yet, and I work here for crying out loud. Uh, so very good for them. That's, that's very cool, and I think a nice – uh, recognition. It's, it's a great thing that that Scott and the folks who kind of put that together are doing. I mean, first of all, yeah, sure, you get you know some content, you fill some time that that you need, but also it's a great way to go about it given the way everything went. So, I, uh, tip of the cap to them, and and they're t- still taking, you know, all of the you know in, you know on on SVP and on this uh, Sports Center um, social medias you can basically submit, you know, people and things like that as much as you want to. So, uh, there you go. Uh, they're, they're on, uh, Scott Van Pelt last night. So congratulations to the Hellgate boys basketball team, the Helena capital girls. This is our prep extra segment. It is brought to us by the farmer's state bank, farmer's state bank, your Montana bank since 1907. On the other side, talked about why we're in these jerseys. You'll hear from the man very happy to have released these jerseys today. The general manager of the Missoula Paddleheads, Matt Ellis, joined us. He'll talk about the reveal and also the pending season for Pioneer League Baseball. A little optimistic about it, which I think is cool. You'll hear from him right after this. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia. When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. 